0: Greetings, roll up and dyers, roll up and dead. This is Barker from the podcast. Thank you for listening. But before we jump right into the episode, I wanted to let you know that there's something kind of cool going on right now. Myself, Matt, and Tim and James, the other two Jamokas from Absolute Tabletop, have decided to launch our first Kickstarter. That's right, it's called the Adventure Kit. Oath of the Frozen King. Now, we've already surpassed what we've asked for resoundingly. Thank you so much to everyone who has already backed the Oath of the Frozen King Kickstarter. Uh, and if you haven't checked it out, head on over and check it out after the episode. See if you like it, and uh, we'd love to have your support. Thank you and enjoy the episode. It is Sunday, May 7th, 2017, and you, my friends, are listening to episode 70 of Roll Up and Die. Now Speaking of NPCs, <laughs> speaking of NPCs and video games, I have a question about The Legend of Zelda, the new Breath of the Wild video game. Yeah, ask away, man. Ask away. Uh, The Ocarina of Time, one of my favorite games of all time, maybe. Uh-huh. There's, uh, there's no speech. Obviously, you have kind mm-hmm. of, you know, the characters move around a little bit, and then on the bottom, you have a speech bar, a little speech bubble, and you see what the characters are saying to Link yeah. mm-hmm. to you. What is it in Breath of the Wild? Did they go with that so- kind of same thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Zelda games have always been like that, and in Breath of the Wild, they actually have um, a few cutscenes with voice acting in them. And uh, I thought for sure that I was not gonna like it just because Zelda has always been, you know, just the text pure. (laughs) But the thing is that the the sort of infrequent use of voice acting actually just kicks it up a notch for me just a little bit because you have a few select characters that have maybe Mm. one or two scenes each where they're actually speaking. And then the rest of the time, you know, (laughs) you click on somebody and they do the little Zelda, oh, or they make a little sound, you know, and then their text is at the (laughs) bottom of the screen. And Link still never speaks, obviously. You know, Link never says anything and you never hear what he's saying or read what he's saying. But um,
0: That's how he relates to all the um, edgy middle and high schoolers playing the game.
1: Anti-social nerds, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I actually, I wanted to ask you a question, uh, one of you a question, uh, about the Roll Up and Die podcast and about, uh, do a little quality control here. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think uh, my voice gets a little redundant. I personally, I think so. And I think that we should rotate who facilitates the discussion on
2: Roll Up and Die. Oh. Oh. And changing it up. put it up. Changing it up. up. Putting me in my discomfort and- zone rocking the boat
1: making some waves (laughs) i i will say that um i've i've sort of facilitated in your place before barker when you've had to uh step away and it's always one of those things where i'm like this is way harder than barker makes it
0: seem (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's totally up to you guys but uh but i wanted to uh I didn't want to do anything today, if I'm honest. I'm, uh, I'm taking a break. And uh, if someone else wants to grab this and run with it, uh, that would be great. I, the
1: thing is, I, I think that is a, a good idea, and I think we should it is. maybe give yeah. it a shot. Uh, maybe maybe not having a constant rotation, but one of those things where it's like, uh, hey, I, I feel comfortable taking the reins on this topic of discussion or whatever, yeah. you know? And then having yeah. you, Barker, be the default, because I feel like you are the best at that of the three of us. And yeah, you're good with any subject very no matter what. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, doesn't very, matter, very it doesn't matter clear. what it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like <clears throat> when, when right. if you
1: listen to the episodes where I'm facilitating, I'm not saying they're bad, but there's definitely where I'm like, okay, <laughs> uh, podcasting. What is it really? You know, I'm just like, I don't even know what to talk about. You know,
0: <laughs> I think you, I think you both do great. I think it's always awesome when I'm not here and, uh, no one likes hearing the sound of their voice. You know that? Yeah. There's something about it that you just got to get used to. It's an acquired taste.
1: Yep. Man, I have to say, I I used to hate my voice, and I still don't like my voice. But after doing YouTube videos <clears throat> for, like, almost six years at this point, doing podcasting, like, appearing on other mm-hmm. people's channels, doing games live, I'm desensitized to it now. It's like... It's like I don't hear the air raid siren that goes off every month, you know. (laughs) I'm desensitized to it, and it doesn't bother me anymore. But it's it's one of those things where when I was first doing YouTube videos and I was editing them, I was like, God, I no one's gonna want to watch these. My voice (laughs) is so irritating.
2: Yeah, no, I was the same way, and and like you, I'm I'm, I still don't like it, but yeah, um, you know when I'm talking, I say, oh, I sounded okay, and then I and then you know. I'll, I'll you know barker asked me to edit a video and i'll start editing I'm like ah oh, what, oh, what the hell was i thinking <laughs> who is that <laughs> that's all part of the plan i'm like god alex really needs to hear
0: how shitty this sounds alex you edit it trust me no no
1: actually it's funny though and all the i have a I have, I have no illusions about my voice i have a very high high voice for for a man and uh We've talked about this before on the podcast. I've I've told stories about how, you know, telemarketers would call and be like, talk to me like I'm the the wife of the house, you know, and it's like, "Uh, ah, no, this is this is a man." But um I've only ever received one comment on any of my things, you know, be it video or podcast, about somebody commenting on how high my voice was. And it was this guy and he was it was actually a very constructive comment. He was Uh, he left it on one of my older videos and I don't think he had really watched much of my newer stuff, Mm -hmm. but he was like, Oh, you know, it'd it'd be good if you did a little bit more editing and took out some of the, you know, the, the, uh, the negative space in the video and took out some of the ums and the uhs and stuff. And it was, this was back when I did a lot more sort of, you know, my videos were a lot shoddier, but, and then he Mm -hmm. mentioned, um, and also I I don't mean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way but your voice. (laughs) It, after a while, it's a little much or something like, I can't remember what he said, but it was, it was basically, he was basically saying that your voice can get shrill sometimes.
0: Yeah. And, uh. And you're like, right. I'll get right on that. I'll, yeah I'll get right, get right on, on it I, I commented problem. back to
1: him and I said hey man I really appreciate the feedback like um, you should check out some of my newer stuff because I think my my editing has gotten a lot better and I said unfortunately I can't really do a lot about my voice and when I talk about Dungeons and Dragons I get really excited and as a result my voice tends to get higher so yeah,
2: yeah for sure <laughs> you jerk, you, jerk you, you turd I have to be careful now because now, now that you've mentioned that I, I, I can almost feel myself like wanting to talk lower now yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody, okay. welcome to uh, my K-T-E-G roll up and die
2: right am here. I, am on, ta- am uh, I talking too high, too? Well, well, okay, you guys. Could just, you
1: could just adopt the patented Pacific Northwest gravel, which is something <clears throat> like this. Hey, um, I was wondering if I could get a uh, tall um, mocha with almond mo- milk instead of regular milk and th- uh, with a little bit of caramel. <laughs>
0: You you sound like the guy who's about to order. Can I get a a twelve ounces of Snoop's Purple Kush and a, <laughs> that too, that too, and a fifteen dollar gift
1: well, card? Yeah. That would it's, be great. It's it's legal here, you know. Yeah. So definitely we get that too. And then right afterwards, uh, could I get? Twelve tacos, um, <laughs> three maxi melts. Uh, Maybe for an episode, we should, all, we should all
2: adopt our, our uh, stereotypical accent for our region. You know, I should... the, the main one. I uh, well, you know, back up here in Maine, we like to <laughs> hunt lobsters with uh, with rocket launches. <laughs>
0: If you don't mind, I'm not going to do the uh, the stereotypical <laughs> accent for New Mexico. If that's okay, I'm
1: not going to make you do anything you don't want to do, Barker. No,
0: no, this is this, this, this is about consent. Actually, you know, there are some weird, you know, <laughs> there. It's not necessarily an accent, but there are some <clears> weird <throat> New Mexicoisms, specifically people in the Albuquerque area. Um, the word mountains will turn into mountains, mm-hmm. and uh, the turn <clears> the, the 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 word bag will turn into beg. Oh, uh, interesting. Yes. Very interesting. And um, uh, everything is Coke. Everything is Coke. It's Sprite is Coke. Coke is Coke. Mountain Dew is Coke. Everything's Coke. <laughs>
2: <It> <laughs> Mr. Pibb thing. is
1: my favorite kind of Coke.
2: The funny thing is, I've never actually encountered too many people up here with the stereotypical Maine accent. And you think you would have. I, I've, I've hit a few. And then a friend of mine, he was going into a, a, a little store in the middle of nowhere up here. And there, there was a guy sitting up on the porch. Of this, uh, of this store, you know, it was, it was, it was a store kind of built into the front of a house, a little convenience store kind of thing, and the guy's sitting there in a rocking chair, and and know, uh, yeah, he thought to make small talk with the guy, and he says, uh, "Well, boy, I hope it stops raining," because <laughs> and, and, it was downpouring, and the guy, the guy just keeps rocking, doesn't even look at him, it's like usually does. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kidnapped him. Right, right, because it, it is Maine after all.
1: Usually does. That's perfect. That's the, like there's so much in that single phrase. It's like it says, "I don't want to talk about the weather. I don't want to talk to you." Like just, <laughs> I like, think there's so much in there.
0: Oh man. So which one of you guys is gonna uh, try to uh, sensually weasel our way into this segue? Well,
1: I can I can steer this ship into the
0: mm. into the heart of darkness here.
2: Oh, you were doing...
1: Oh, you were doing that. I was doing a ship horn.
2: Yeah, I was doing the ship, too.
1: I went completely the other direction. I thought you were doing, like, a like a ship coming into port, like... And so I did the...
0: I didn't do that. Okay, so Alex did the... Blah. Yeah.
1: Oh. And then you did the uh, porn music. Yeah, you
2: did the porn
0: music. Yeah, I did because because of the subject of tonight's I know. Episode. Well,
1: last session or last last session. Last episode was episode sixty nine. And this episode is about climaxes. <laughs> That's apparently my sexy <laughs> voice. Yes, if I sound like a goblin, climaxes. He took a tumble over the cliff.
0: Do the goblin voice for me. And uh, we're going <laughs> to pop into some Google searches at some point. And people are going to
1: be might, a little bit confused.
0: Uh, we might net a few more viewers
1: than we're used That's to. That's true. I know they're not viewers, I think but so. on this uh, on this particular Listeners. episode,
0: what's the uh, what's that? What's the character in Arrested Development? <laughs> who uh, Oh, he's the one who wrote the book. He's the one who wants to be an actor. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: Tobias Fünke.
0: Tobias. It reminds me how uh, how he wrote a book, and all of a sudden, it's famous. That's going to happen yeah. to roll up and die <laughs> because it's, it's called. It's,
1: it's called it's the man be, inside me. The man inside <laughs> me. We're gonna be. We're
0: gonna be. <laughs> we're gonna become famous in the uh, in some certain markets, right? Uh, yeah. because of our wording. Exactly. Um, I am not in charge of this episode, Matt. You're in charge of yeah. this episode. Yeah, because I'm steering the ship now. Well, yeah i I threw it to you, but I mean, I didn't know oh. if Alex wanted to jump in, but
1: no, I, I can I'd, steer the ship. I I'm can perfectly do it.
0: happy with uh, Matt
1: taking oh. the helm on this. I will take the ring to Mordor uh how do we usually start okay hang on <laughs> this is gonna be weird though because you usually say your name first when we're introducing ourselves
0: how about how about this you do the introduction yeah. and then i'm gonna weasel my way in there and introduce myself and we'll see how that works we'll see if there's sure. some synergy
1: okay yeah let's try it okay <laughs> okay Etch a sketch. sketch it shake
0: shake shake okay. here we go here we go here we go oh shoot that's not how it starts usually. I I try not to start like that. But.
1: <laughs> this is what However you're you better like. at, it, Barker. <clears throat> uh, welcome, everyone, to Roll Up and Die, the climaxing RPG <laughs> podcast.
0: My name is Barker. And
2: my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnug.
1: And, uh, yeah, today we are, uh, it's the penultimate episode of our series on narrative structure in RPGs. So last episode, a, we talked about the oh, rising action, and in this episode, we're talking about climaxes or the peak of that action. So I'm to an me, idiot.
0: That's why it's penultimate, right? Because we're talking about the climax?
1: Yeah. Is that why it's yeah.
0: penultimate? Because it's the yeah, penultimate right. means climax? Okay, all right, cool. I, well, at no, first, I didn't so, get that. I was well, like, why?
1: Penultimate means second to last.
0: Yeah. I love and. post-production. I'm, I just love <laughs> editing. I just... I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the segment of roll up and die when barker learns a new word
0: hey you know what it happens Ding. every day the more dude i learn about... new words every day and it's great now you yep. know that
1: penultimate means second to last so it's the it's there's penultimate and then ultimate ultimate yep. means last last yeah so now that's
0: the falling action but can, isn't there a yeah. conclusion after that like a closing out the campaign we already did well, an episode on ending campaigns all right i'm gonna stop interrupting yep. i'm gonna let the the podcast host <laughs> Take the reins that he has deserved and earned, and, and run with it.
1: See what you did here, Barker. You 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 said Sorry. you want to drive. You want to drive, buddy. You want to sit on Pop Pop's lap and drive the and car. That, and I said, and, yeah, and, I'd and love to. And then you're just <laughs> taking the wheel, and you're still uh, no. It. I'm
0: I'm on. I'm holding the, the holy shit bar in the passenger seat, and I'm pressing the, an imaginary brake. Like Matt 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 Matt, <laughs> Matt 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 Matt. Don't break on the freeway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Yes, this is the penultimate
1: episode of That's our right. narrative structure, uh, our narrative structure series. <clears throat> and like i said to me the the sort of the climax and the rising action they're one movement right they're 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 two parts of the mm-hmm. same movement just as sort of the 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 introduction and the and the exposition are connected as well so um to me the climax is like the big it's the big thing of the campaign it's it's usually some sort of spectacle it's <clears throat> it's something that you lead up to for a while yeah. um but we're also probably going to talk about how you can use a you know that that the the peak of the rising action in a single session or a short campaign as well. So, um, I guess I'll throw it to you guys. What does climax mean to you in uh, through bam, the lens of RPGs? Bam, and I'm just gonna we got our we bam. got the we got the sillies out at first because there are a lot of yeah. comments on the Facebook page right now of like, how are you going to get through this without making sex jokes? We got that out of the oh, way already. Shoot. Now we can just talk about climax. We're, we're
2: in adults RPGs. here. We can handle it. We're all adults here, okay? Yeah.
1: We play make-believe elves and orcs this is,
0: and stuff. This is the secret reason I gave the controls to Matt, because I don't want to deal with this. Because
1: Barker was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this saying climax 75 times. I can't.
0: <laughs> I I already
2: have my climax. own made-up porn music stuck in my head. It's... I know. <laughs> yeah, we really should have climaxed on 69, but well, who knows. Yeah,
1: we really should have, but I just yeah. we couldn't get there. So, Barker and Alex, what does it mean to you through the lens, in the context of RPGs? I,
2: I generally always try to look at it through the through the eyes of the the primary adversary, the villain, you know, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, because they they have their plan and they, and they want to bring their plan to fruition. And presumably, if there is this climax approaching, they are you know their their plans are almost there. They're ready. You know, they're ready to 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 make this plan happen open the portal to the you know to the outer planes and bring in some elder god or they're you know going to destroy the world or make themselves immortal whatever it happens to be that's happening right now they they're doing that and so within that context you, you know that then the, then the players can decide what to do with their characters in that to stop it you know i i try not to um you know uh, have an outcome in mind because I, Honestly, I'm I'm kind of a big fan of 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 movies and stories that end tragically, you know that. Oh yeah, that where where the the maybe the good guys don't win, you know maybe maybe the, I mean if if you look at the if you look at the Star Wars movies one of the the most popular by far for the most part is is Empire Attack because of the clones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my bad. Here <laughs> Empire because it it ends it ends the darkest of any of the of the uh, uh, of the original of the original three. I think it also kind of depends if you're looking at uh, at the climax of a of an adventure, you know, like a, a smaller arc, or or if this is a, a, a the end of a campaign. Like these guys are sixteenth, seventeenth level. They've been through everything, and this is it. You know, this is this is the big one. That that's going to be handled very differently than say, you know. When they're at eighth or ninth level and and they they're going after this bad guy, and there's this you know they have these these uh, multiple climaxes leading up to the big climax,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. It was almost like uh, some advice we uh, gave in the rising action episode, right, yeah, so, where you kind yeah. of slowly but surely uh, increase the tension exactly yeah,
1: yeah, we had mentioned in that episode about how. Like rising action isn't always rising. It's you know you have these little dips in there, and there you know the tension ramps up, and then you you let off the throttle, and then it goes back up again. So, I think that looking at you know climaxes like that too. Like imagine if if you have this sort of hillside, you know, with all these foothills. Imagine that's your rising action, and at every peak there's a little there's a little climax in there, right? And then there's your big mountain, which is the overarching campaign. But you know, every session, every few sessions. There should be some sort of resolution. There should be some revelations. There should be arcs that are coming to a close and leading to new mm-hmm. stories and things yeah. like that, you know? Just like how the, uh, you mentioned Empire Strikes Back, Alex. Mm-hmm. The climax in Empire Strikes Back is Luke and Vader dueling, right? And, right. and, uh, and Han getting taken away by Boba Fett. <clears throat> so yeah. those both resolve arcs, you know? Obviously, the Luke and Vader thing is probably one of the biggest arcs ever. And, uh, You see some sort of resolution to that, but it also leads to more. There are questions that need to be answered and things that you want to see resolved. And I think that a campaign, you can have that occur with climaxes sort of throughout. Oh, I'm leading this thing, aren't I?
0: No, it's good. I'm
1: off my game here because the UPS guy came. It's like 8 o'clock and the UPS guy was here. (laughs) Did you hear that knocking on my door?
0: No, no. I did. What'd you get?
1: Uh, I don't even know what it is, man. It's just a package for my wife. I don't know what's in there, but I was... Because <laughs> I heard the knocking and I was like, oh, shit, UPS guy. I'm just going to ignore it. And then, like, two minutes later, he knocks again. I'm like, this guy is persistent. So this I This guy's
0: like, no, I want door. you to pick this <coughs> package up.
1: This guy's like, I'm trying to get home to my family so I can have a hot cooked meal. Will you please answer your damn door so I can drop this package off?
0: This guy's but, just a uh, jerk.
1: That was the climax of his day. Was my was dropping ah, off the,
0: that was the that. package there.
1: There, brought it back around. Mm, I'm good at Boom. this. I'm really good at it. You're in a so, role. um <laughs> one thing I wanted to talk about is the mm-hmm. the different kinds of sort of resolutions or climaxes mm-hmm. that you can have in a campaign. Like, obviously, there's yeah. a boss fight, right? Like, that's the that's the really obvious one. Is generally, like, yeah, yeah. Like you meet, you finally like have the final confrontation with the villain and you fight Mm -hmm. and it's a, maybe it's a to the death scenario, or like you mentioned, Alex, like it's the villain is seeing their plans come to fruition, whatever they're trying to do, it's happening and you're stopping them. So that's a really obvious sort of thing, but like, what are some examples of like non combat sort of resolutions that you can have in a campaign?
2: Yeah, it can be challenging. I think it depends on, again, the kind of game you're playing. Uh, there can be resolutions in terms of un- uncovering a, a plot, you know, Um Again, if you look at like uh, the classic Scooby Doo, you know they 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 yeah. they didn't have a boss fight, but they always had you know the reveal at the end where they hey this isn't a ghost, this is old man Wiggins who you know and I would have gotten away with it too if I had a few meddle and, meddlesome and and <laughs> kids you know so you can you can have mysteries that can have that sort of unveiling. It's it's not as as big for the big climax at the end of like a D and D campaign, but certainly for smaller ones having that having certain reveals like that can be very uh, uh very big. Um, like at the end of an adventure, you know, a player could they could find out that this benefactor that has been helping them all this time turns out to be a bad guy, you know, whatever yeah. you know, whatever it is, yeah. you know that that's the cl- you know the classic you know Vader Luke thing. I'm right. your father. You know that that's one example I can think of.
0: I I think that's a an excellent example. And one of the questions on the Facebook page mentions uh, Game of Thrones <clears throat> as, uh, and I think that specifically if you're running a long-term campaign. You know, there's a specific episode, uh, I won't get too far into it, but where a, a very prominent character is assassinated via poison. And it's a very, very, very climactic moment in the show, but there's mm-hmm. no fighting. It's just, yeah. It, it, honestly, the the rest of the episode is kind of boring, especially when you know what's coming. You're like, oh man, hurry up and get to it, right? But it's not as climactic as, let's say, in Avengers, you know, we're finally yeah. facing off against the Winter Soldier type of fight. But if... Everybody in the party is in on this assassinate assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. You have a big climactic moment, kind of sure. like something out of ocean 's eleven you know that doesn 't involve fighting that involves stealing something um, mm-hmm. but it it all kind of meets coalesces at this apex when everything where you realize the plan when the plan's just kicked off in the the process of success has has begun. Uh like that exciting moment is is the climactic moment that's not necessarily uh combat oriented that you might be looking for.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think another good example is actually in A New Hope, the Death mm-hmm. Star sort of trench run. Like mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It, there's combat yeah. involved in that, but it's not like they're facing off against Darth Vader or something. It's mm-hmm. all about yeah. Luke sort of realizing his power and trusting in himself. Uh, yes. in order to do this great task it's almost like mm-hmm. a if it was like a skill challenge in D&D where it's like or okay like now try to fire this, this yeah the environment yeah. is
0: against you or something like that yeah exactly yeah exactly mm.
1: like Darth Vader's behind him you know shooting at him but that's not what you know the problem the the, the resolution the climax there is all about Luke realizing who he is and what he's capable of and that, to me, is a really classic example of a good climax that isn't necessarily a fight yeah. against the bad guy. And Luke yeah.
0: failed his check at the very end to, to get away from Vader. And so the DM was like, all right, I'll be nice. Han shows up. go, Han, go you this get thing, a free kid. attack. Let's get yeah. out of here. Oh. <laughs>
2: and saves the day. Well, an- another example which is really appropriate is is even in Lord of the Rings. Um you know, uh, I mean, yeah, there, there's there's a there's a there's a battle going on at the Black Gate, but that that's a distraction. The real battle is yeah. going on inside Mount Doom itself with three oh, characters, yeah. you know, exactly. and a ring. That's it. That's that's you know, and and so really, it's it's about Frodo and Sam and 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 Gollum. You know, that that's the climax of of that, and and it's not a boss fight at all. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's all, it's all, it's all internal conflict and, you know, no, the ring is mine, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's fantastic.
1: I, and I love that, you know, <clears throat> big, big bombastic, you know, sort of resolutions are, are, are and stories are, are great. You know, I love seeing the big battles and the, you know, things like that happening, but like, think of like Jaws, the climax in Jaws is, it's one guy on a sinking ship with a rifle and a mm-hmm. shark coming towards him in the middle <laughs> right. of the ocean you know and that yeah the the rising action in that is some of the most tense moments in any movie oh, yeah. ever and then the smile you son of a bitch poo, and then it's <laughs> over it's done yeah. it's like that climax is just oh it's it's perfect it's one of the best yeah. sort of resolutions in movies i think and that's like you're saying alex it's small it's two tooth entities coming together you know yep. and uh you, you know you don't have to go big With these sorts of things, you can have it be personal and have it involve the, you know, the, the strengths, the weaknesses and the backgrounds of the characters
2: involved. Well, in, in my Nobrek campaign, the, uh, the characters had been against, had been uh, opposed by this, this, this yellow, uh, um, the yellow cult is how they were known by most people. And they uh, had been through the whole campaign fighting against them fighting against them and and at one point they had reached the the the, the temple of uh the pal- the paladin in the party his 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 deity and there was there was a there was a way to sort of stop them but it could only be done by the hands of a mortal it couldn't you know the the god the gods couldn't intervene but a mortal could do it you know he 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 performed this act that that ended up that ended up stopping them but again it wasn't it wasn't a, uh, a boss fight. They had to fight to get there. They had to, um, they were being chased. There was, there was a lot of that cool stuff, but it wasn't at the very end. It wasn't still that fight. It wasn't the, uh, you know, killing the bad guy kind of thing. Yeah. Another <clears> thing <throat> that you might consider is um,
0: rescue stories and, and plot mm, arcs that end yep. in in oh, rescues. Yeah. Like I was thinking about awesome, day yeah. after tomorrow, you know, mm. and all this uh, stuff that you guys are doing uh Gothnog with like the cinematic environs and you guys just released yep. a new one, a new, cinematic environs that's right survival right. yeah yeah survival oh, so yeah. Good. yeah yeah take a moment if you want
2: to because what i have to say has to do with something like that oh sure yeah um honestly uh cinematic environs survival i is is when i really wrote for myself because i i'm a i'm a i'm a survival nerd I, I i love learning about you know different survival skills how to make fire how to build shelters you know all that kind of stuff it's just i just love it and so it uh, shows from, you could from... you could buy this supplement and take it camping, and i 'm serious
0: <laughs> looking through it it 's like, oh my gosh, this is a handbook for how to survive
2: it, it It's close, but it's not close enough, which is why I put a disclaimer in there saying you know you, 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 if you don't don't use this for survival don't you know don't go out and live in the woods with this, but um, this is for inspiration yeah. for gaming yeah <laughs> but well no, in the back, I do give uh, resources if people want to explore it further, but yeah no it it was it's really about like uh uh, I think you said Barker earlier. You know, putting uh, the characters against the environment, putting uh, and and the environment against them, and and making that you know this adversary. And uh, and uh, like you said with the uh, day after tomorrow, that's a great example of there isn't there isn't a big bad guy. There's not a villain. There's not yeah. anyone chasing them. There's no, no one they have to fight Well, the wolves. Have... The wolves aboard the ship in the middle of Manhattan. Let's <laughs> not forget the most
0: ridiculous thing okay. in the movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're,
2: they're, they were they were the the strange wolves but (laughs) overall it was it was was the weather and that yeah that's a good point
1: i think actually if you look at most conflicts and climaxes in any media it all comes down to the man versus trope like you have man versus Mm -hmm. man man versus nature you know that sort of thing Man versus self yeah man versus self exactly like looking at those for inspiration about what your the climax of your story might look like, I think, is probably a good idea.
0: Oh, well, that's smart. And I think when it, you know something like day after tomorrow is a rescue story. That's the climax. The climax mm-hmm. of the whole movie is yeah. somebody rescuing another person. And yeah. there are a few things that just saying the word might. There are a few things that you might consider putting in the climax of your story, just because they're kind of tropes in that way, like self sacrifice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you're thinking about the potential climax in four or <clears> five <throat> sessions from now. Right. Because you got to lead up to it. Um, start thinking about which character would I would have a, the proper character background for me to put in a position where they might give everything for the, the cause. You know, let's see mm-hmm. what they do yeah. in this spot. Uh, you know, think about things like. Uh, you know, what happens if in, during this climactic man versus environment scene, the, the the earth splits and someone falls down the chasm and you have to uh, one character has to catch another character, you know, and it's during the <clears> climax. <throat> so you're not afraid to kill characters anymore. Right. That's it's all coming <laughs> down to this. There are a lot of different non-combat tropes mm-hmm. just by watching action movies that you'll see in every scene. It's not the fighting that makes the action scene interesting. It's all the stuff in between the punches. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I'm in charge, aren't I? God, I keep forgetting I'm supposed to no, control a- <laughs> the flow of this thing, man. You do. Well, though. I had
0: one more thing to add, if that's okay. <clears throat> Please do. It's it's just, it's just a, I wanted to know what you guys thought about it. It's. I, I, I've become a, a rules-light GM. I'm a Pinko commie game master. all right? These rules are fascist, they're totalitarian. I don't want them. I want Rules
1: for the people, damn it.
0: Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. Um, and so I like to let characters or players narrate things that, yeah. instead of giving them die rolls and such, I would like to posit that the climax of the story you know, it's after this point, it's all going to be kind of a little bit downhill till we close out the campaign or at least close out this section of the campaign or close out mm-hmm. this one shot that we're running. Right. At the climax, this is the point where you might utilize some of that. And, and instead of having someone roll for success, if they give you a just wondrous, brilliant, vibrant description about how they're going to sacrifice everything to accomplish this task, having them just describe it. Because it's so Mm -hmm. epic and it fits so well within, you know, and and it was a player asking to do it. It wasn't a GM thing. That is, you know, now's the time to to let the players really have the agency and uh, instead of rolling, actually kind of role play out and narrate out these descriptions of their success or failure, depending on their actions. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think that's great advice, actually. And that's something that I do sort of unwittingly in my games because... (laughs) You know, it's it's one of those moments where it's like, OK, it's great when things come down to a die roll, but sometimes like just letting the story find its natural conclusion yeah. is smart, especially in regards to a climax like in the provokers, you know, having having Durgan use Dice's staff as a spear of light to, you know, kill the Corrupter. It's like that there's nothing in the rules that allows for that. But it's such a cool moment that involves every single character involved because Dice is, you know, throwing the staff to Durgan and Durgan's flying up. And, you know, it's just one of those really cool moments. And it's like as it's being narrated, it's like there's no die roll that needs to be done here because the fight is over. They're just narrating how it's going to end. And mechanically, it doesn't make a difference, but it makes the story. It ties it all together and makes for such a. A poetic ending you know yeah that Mm -hmm. scene
0: was a lot like the uh the the ending scene in final (laughs) fantasy advent children that movie i love that movie it's it's just fun to watch at the very end where every cloud is jumping through the sky and everyone's every single person is helping him him. yeah Yeah, exactly i love
1: that stuff like that yeah Mm -hmm. that's actually a point i was going to bring up was when when thinking about the climax of your story think about how you can involve every single character in the party and potentially important non-player characters yeah. as well. Think about what they're good at, their weaknesses, think about their backgrounds and try and <clears throat> think of ways that you can sort of work those into the climax. So like in the Provokers, there was that moment where the the pyramid exploded and all that magical energy went crazy <laughs> and everyone was thrust into a like the Astral Plane, a dream world where they experience some sort of vision. You know, Dice got to talk to his wife. Uh, Durgan got to speak to his god. Airdon got to talk to his mother. You know, these people that otherwise they wouldn't be able to converse with. And I remember Airdon asking his mom in the Astral Plane, is this real? Is this actually you? And her saying, does it really matter? And him realizing, like, no, it didn't because all this is doing is giving me the strength to keep going. And then after that, the fight continued. And it's like... I think that was really, really cool. It was, it was a good way to work in everybody's background. And it was a cool way to have these sort of quiet character moments in the middle of what was essentially a chaotic boss battle.
2: Yeah. And it can be kind of hard too with it, with a, with a group, you know, as, uh, as, as we, as you see in, in movies like the Avengers or age of Ultron, that kind of thing, because giving all the characters their, their time to shine in the story uh, at a climax can be, can be really, really tricky, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mo- most stories are, are, are kind of at least adventure stories, I should say, are kind of geared around the hero's journey in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, Star Wars being the most obvious example, uh, that we've talked about. And, um, and so, you know, uh, which by the way, I, I highly recommend, uh, you know, exploring the hero's journey for anyone who wants to, you know, do this, oh, yeah. write these sort of Absolutely. stories. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and cause the pattern is, is, is magnificent and it works, uh, you know, for almost any campaign. Yeah. But, uh, well,
1: and the, and the archetypes in there just are <clears throat> yeah. present in so many stories. So it's, yeah, it's definitely Absolutely, worth it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's a really good video I saw about it recently, which I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try and link it to our, our Facebook page so people can take a look at it. And it, yeah, it just goes through the whole thing showing, showing this and, and, um, and yeah, you do you do have the, that, that sort of climax, and in the video they actually talk about the different types of climaxes, like one of them, they talked about, you know may, maybe the success of the of the hero is is simply fleeing the under the, you know the other world that they were thrown into. you know they they make it out right. alive, which is yeah, what enough. is what defines success <clears throat> here like right, are right. we talking about living or are we talking <laughs> about defeating something yeah <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made it out alive. Um, exactly, uh, or or you look at uh, at the first Rocky movie, you know he he technically lost <laughs> the, the match, oh, right. but he did it. Spoiler he did alert! It and he Sorry. told us he told us at the end that he did it. That's right, because he had a different goal in mind. It wasn't that he had to win, you know, and and become yep. champ. It was that he had to show that he could he, he could do it. You know, so, Rocky's wow. such
0: a good example, Alex, because because <clears throat> that shows that ends with a fight. But yeah. it shows that the fight isn't what matters in the climax. Right. The, it, it's it's ironic in a way. But the plot that you've built up to and the big bad and stuff, this stuff, it kind of matters. It, it, it directs the players in a certain direction. But the thing that truly matters in the climax of a story is that, like Alex and Matt have alluded to before, the backgrounds of all the characters kind of reach their... Apex, right at that right. moment, everybody gets a chance to soliloquy. Everybody gets a chance to narrate awesome things. Everybody gets a chance to kind of show off their character in their final form. <clears throat> Before the conclusion of the right. story, where kind of the dust kind of settles and we decide, you know, where everybody ended up. a VH1, where are they now? You know, <laughs> Dice is uh, trying to work off his blow addiction. You know, is he's, he's broke and <laughs> living in an alley? No, he's uh, uh, Durgan's on Dancing with the Stars. He's hit rock bottom. <laughs> he... But but really, I think that's that <clears throat> Alex that Rocky metaphor is is the best one because it again it's that perfect example it's a fi- it's a, it's the climax is about a fight but it's not even a little bit about a fight
1: yeah yeah it's like man it's that's so true I and mean, even in return of the jedi the climax mm-hmm. you know the darth vader and luke dueling it's not about the fight it's about luke yeah. being seduced by the dark side and saying no it's about him right. overcoming exactly. what his father could not and it's yeah. about his father's redemption there's so much at play there and none of it has to do with lightsabers. The yeah. lightsabers are just there as a storytelling tool. Yeah.
2: In fact, he didn't even beat Vader. You know, yeah, exactly. He, you know, he, he uh, Vader sort of, you know, had that change of heart and, you know, and that and that would be a kind of a cool uh, climax for any campaign, you know, where the bad guy, you know, is revealed to maybe not be bad, but mis- misguided or, you know, maybe they have that that change of heart or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in here and disagree and say Luke beat Vader in
0: that final Return of the Jedi fight. I, th- I think he beat him, <laughs> but he didn't kill him. I think he
1: stopped right mm. before
0: he ultimately beat him. Because I think,
1: yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, Vader was uh, did Vader and beat, beat up Luke Skywalker
0: lightsaber. at the did did Vader beat Luke Skywalker at the end of Empire? Um,
1: yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I yeah, I, I, a case could be made that he beat him, but it was one yeah. of those things where it was like. He wasn't I think Luke at that point was, "I can save my father, and so I'm not going to kill him here. I'm going ah, to try and yeah. save him still, yeah,
0: yeah, like Alex said, define success, like what what is the success yeah. in this point? you know is it killing exactly, this person, yeah. or is it saying, no,
2: I will never turn to the dark side, you stupid,
0: wrinkly bastard
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's different too, because again in 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 d and d most people see a boss fight as you have to kill it, and that and that's that's a trope that's um. Most that...
0: people see a merchant as you have to kill it in d and d,
2: yeah, unfortunately sometimes uh yeah. but but no, I mean you know they they think you know, oh you know a boss fight i have to I have to kill this, and then I win, you know, <laughs> I win the prize, whatever it happens right. to be yeah. and and it's for for the better stories it's not not necessarily like that,
0: yeah, exactly oh the God. uh the cave troll fight in Lord of the Rings, you know wasn't about. Mm-hmm fighting the, the cave troll and ga- gaining its experience and, and items. It was about survival and yeah. protecting certain people in the party. Yeah. Like the hobbits.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well, and it's about <laughs> learning that Frodo has the the mithril, you know? Yep. Yep. Oh, to this hobbit that meets the eye. You know, that sort of <laughs> no. thing. Yep. It's a revelation, you know? Uh...
2: I think your fire alarm was going off? Is that what that is?
0: <laughs> There's another ship coming into port. I started saying I was going saying, to was um, gonna sneak in and, and say. And then it hey, went you, on.
1: You... It went on an awkwardly long amount of time, and then I decided to roll with it and see how long I could do it before. Yeah, because if
0: on. you stopped, then it would have stayed awkward. Now it went funny. It turned into <laughs> a purpose. Exactly. Joke. That Barker. That exemplifies my life. Is like
1: it would have been awkward <laughs> if you hadn't done this, but then it was kind of funny. Like that's just. That's
0: Matt to a T. <laughs> Never before have I been summed up so succinctly.
2: <clears throat> <laughs> so, yeah. Master Click, perhaps we should consider seeing some uh, questions from our listening audience.
1: Oh, is that what we typically do at this time, I suppose? I'll It's about <laughs> that time email. then, sir. Oh, I'll oh, have Charlie. another brandy. Oh, <laughs> then I will go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash die. Where every week we take a question from the listeners, we pose a question, and then people who comment, we the one with the most likes, we typically answer. And sometimes it's we harder do more than, than, than one. it looks, huh? It's
0: harder <laughs> it's than you way think. Way
1: harder than it looks, man. He's, I can't he's do, it. Up. He's, you he's do it. Typically, typically. Breaking up. Like, stop him. Uh, so <laughs> I thought you we were going to have... go into
0: that. Oh, go ahead.
1: I <laughs> know you. Go ahead.
0: Please don't make me. I I, no, I, I halfway through to. the sentence, I was like, I wish I didn't start this.
1: I want you to. Oh. We have a four-way tie. Gosh. Huh. Unprecedented. They're doing doing it on purpose.
2: purpose. A f- we have four, a four comments four, with four, five likes. A four-way four on our climax episode. Nice. Yeah, we have a four-way
1: on the climax oh, yeah. episode right after episode 69. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to go with the, with the one that I see first here, which comes from Chris V., and it says, Do you think there's a decent way to have climactic conclusion without that finale confrontation? The final boss it, fight uh, is in my mind ingrained in storytelling, specifically yeah. in the <clears throat> RPG sense. I recently watched a DD campaign, twenty-eight episodes, where the final boss was defeated without even fighting, and to me that felt anticlimactic. Would like your guys' thoughts on having that big ending without the huge fight. Tips on how if oh tips on how if you think it is possible to have a climactic ending without a fight. And I think we talked about that a little bit, but I think we can elaborate on it a little bit more and maybe give some tips on how to potentially steer clear of yeah. you know, just oh well, it's time for the fight. Let's have the fight.
0: <laughs> try try using a uh, maybe the the character sheets, the players' character sheets. I'd look at them and I would look at their background stories that they've created so far mm-hmm. and yeah. try to try to do something with the fight. Uh or even if you don't have the fight, but 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 you know, again, I think we've kind of Confirmed that it's not the fight that matters; it's the uh, the stuff that's going on uh, in in the emotions and in the minds of these characters at that final confrontation. Uh, <clears throat> Try to do a a, a redemption story. Uh, mm-hmm, the villain, yeah. the big bad that you've been creating this whole time. Come up with a reason for one of the characters to maybe save this person, um, yeah. or this person to maybe go to good at the end, because then it's definitely not about the fight. It's about this redemption story and how that mattered more than anything in the end.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of of how you could do something like Raiders of the Lost Ark, because that's another example of one uh, where the, where the climax doesn't end in a, in a fight. The the uh, the bad guys essentially like kill themselves. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? Raider, Raiders is an interesting example, actually. Yeah. Alex. I was thinking about that earlier today and that that movie's <clears throat> climax is very, very different from from any other movie, especially yeah. in its in its genre, you know?
2: Well, and, and even in and even Indy, if you really look at the character, he really doesn't do anything of any significance in the story. No, you, know, when you really look at it. You know, this was going to happen anyway. You know, yeah. they were, they were going to get that that arc to uh, this 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 remote island and open it and they were all going to die. And yeah, he just happened to be there for it, <laughs> you know, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: The story of Raiders of the Lost Ark is Indiana Jones trying to make sure that his girlfriend is OK and yeah. also try <clears throat> his best to get the Ark into a museum. But ultimately, <clears throat> it's it's true. Right. Like he doesn't do anything to affect the outcome because it all happens the way that the bad guys <clears throat> want it to. It just doesn't pan out for him.
0: The GM really took agency there. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think that's it. You know, some people would say that that's bad storytelling, but I think it's more an example of a story that is bigger than the sum of its parts yeah. where you have this big sort of world ending story happening. But at its heart, it's just two people trying to look out for each other and trying to get through it together. And I think yeah. that's important, you know, and I think that that you can apply that to RPGs really easily as well. And I think that's Barker. That's sort of what you were saying is like, yeah, there could be a big sort of world-ending event happening but mm-hmm. just focus on the characters and 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 right. what they're about <clears throat> rather than the fight itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. my point wasn't yeah. that it was a bad story, it was just that it's uh it was about it like yeah, like using it was about the characters and their and their they're going through it versus, you know, we we need to, you know, we need to do something about this. I mean, they, yeah. they kind of did but it didn't matter exactly yeah (laughs) and
1: then i'm looking at the other questions here and honestly i think we did a pretty good job of covering these they're asking about what are some different kinds of climaxes um you know this one is also talking about how would you do a climax that isn't necessarily a massive fight scene and they talk about you know game of thrones where it's sort of more political and and less combat heavy
0: yeah uh there is one Uh, from uh gertian volp which i'm pretty sure that's the first time i've ever pronounced his name correctly uh i think it is yeah (laughs) yeah uh you're welcome. Uh, anyway, uh, and it's actually it's a very interesting question because I don't actually, and it might cause a few chuckles, but but it's actually something that you kind of should pay attention to if it, it, with your pacing. And his question is, how do you prevent? Or if I can read it, uh, Overlord Mateo, with I will your allow permission, it. okay, good, all hail. <laughs> um, how do you prevent the climax from slipping into the anti climax too early? And I think that means the closure, like the beginning of the conclusion. And yeah. without mm-hmm. getting too far into the conclusion, I would uh, player agency, maybe. Like that, that, that right there, again, like we discussed before, now's the time to really hand it over to the players. Let them kind yeah. of wrap it up in the way that they want and let them guide the ending once they've reached the <coughs> climax, right? Once yeah. you've directed them towards this point in the story, let them kind of take control and and wrap it up the uh, the way they want to and i don't think you can go wrong that way um because uh maybe the players especially i mean it might depend on the group but i think the players would in describing their characters do these epic awesome climactic things mm-hmm. uh that will help you kind of determine the the pace of it ultimately if it feels like too much go ahead and slow it down if it doesn't feel like sure. enough blow something up
1: yeah Yeah, well, I would say we've I've talked about this before, I think specifically when we did our episode about uh, ending your campaign. But, Mm -hmm. you know, coming up to the climax of your campaign, um, write down all of the different elements that are sort of flying around in your campaign, write down characters, uh, story elements, magic items, things that are important but haven't necessarily been resolved and try to figure out a way to involve as many of those things as you can. Because I think that that, when people think of anticlimactic things, they think of unanswered questions, things Mm -hmm. not being resolved, you know, hanging mysteries and things like that. And obviously, it's okay to leave some, you know, you don't have to answer every question and tie everything up in a neat little bow. But try and get the big things in there that you know that you and your your players care about the most.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, I think we did a pretty good job of answering the other ones, just reading through them. Uh, yeah. I think we kind of covered the gambit in this episode. So,
2: so we should um, do an idea, with, idea they can steal
1: That's the next thing. Uh, the, the next course of action is to do an idea they can steal.
2: Yes, jolly good, jolly
1: yeah. good. So what should theory we do? For? is against the
2: law, sir. It's, oh, but it's I am the overlord, theory. and
1: I say in this it's, instance it's Okay. <laughs>
2: As, as as we lose our UK audience for insulting them with their, with their horrible <laughs> accent. Always, like, <laughs> who even has that hot. accent? Uh, uh,
1: so what, what should we come up with then? What should the oh, idea man. they
2: can steal be? How, well, we should come up with an, a non-conventional uh, climax.
1: Yeah, a cool ending to a campaign yep. that doesn't necessarily involve the traditional... Elements of a climax that you would
0: and, that you would think and let's about. try let's try to keep our advice broad, maybe so yeah, it can be yeah. utilized. Like yeah, if yeah. someone wants to have a fight scene or or if they want it to be a, a man versus environment <laughs> thing type of story, maybe we can try to give broad yeah. advice so that it can be utilized. Wherever. Yeah, no, right. No, we no. Can certainly one, try. <laughs> no, no one legged halflings. Got it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no belly surfing giant penguins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, that was my favorite man. Oh man! that was All great. Right. My, uh, I got idea. a D six here. Uh, One Mm -hmm. through two is me. Three to four is Alex. Five to six is Barker. That is a one. So it's me. Okay. So let's see here. It involves the player characters trying to let's do it small scale here. They're trying to save a tavern. It's at a tavern that maybe has some personal importance to them. And the main crux of this story arc is it's, it's in danger of either closing or being destroyed or being taken over. There's something that's happening to this tavern, and the uh, player characters have a vested interest in protecting it. Nice. That's a five, so that'll be Barker.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe cheat a little bit and and say that uh, there are many people many many groups of people who are after this tavern and so the the party's not necessarily saving the tavern from one certain doom like being torn down uh instead there's a person who wants to tear it down and build something new there's a person who wants to take it over uh there's another person who wants to use it for the arcane resource underneath it that's you know secretly oh. been hidden for thousands of years uh and so at the very end all of these factions all of these different groups of people or people are at the the climactic point in the story to get the tavern to to obtain this place or to win and they all have their different ways uh the people who want it uh the person who wants it destroyed may, might have hired some club wielding mercenaries to go take care of the the players so there is your fight scene the uh the 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 old owner um who wants it back to, so he can uh, research that arcane energy you know he's going <laughs> to try to infiltrate the the tavern from underneath and steal the arcane energy if he can't have the tavern so that's going to be something happening and and you, you're you might even get to the point where the players aren't just the only uh, the characters aren't the only ones dealing with this stuff everyone's kind of fighting everyone I the
2: npcs and everybody involved i like it what's gonna Alex. be yes All right. wow <clears throat> Um, I'm going to say that, that the, uh, the, the player characters have been trying to do this for, for the, for the entire, uh, adventure, trying to save this place. And, and as they've been doing it, they, 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 they got kind of, uh, connected with this, uh, uh, this beggar that has been, you know, that, that they ended up helping and they ended up kind of taking him along and, uh uh and they see the 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 and he sees the character sort of getting in the middle of all this and at that point the uh, this 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 beggar kind of removes his disguise and it's uh you know like the king or the lord of the 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 region or the baron or whatever and and he's been you know he was in disguise to get a get a get a better handle on what was going on and now seeing what what the characters have been through and 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 how greedy all these people were and and he he ends up giving the place to the the characters. Oh I like oh, that I like that.
1: That would yeah. be so cool. Like as a player, that would be so satisfying to have that happen. Because it's always nice to have like tangible yeah. you know, sort of uh rewards uh yep. that are not necessarily here's a magic sword, but like here's your own tavern. Like that's so cool.
2: Did you guys ever see the movie The uh Knight's Tale? Yes, with Heath Ledger, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, 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 it's you know, regardless of whether it's historically accurate or not, I loved the characters. They were just fun, fun characters. Yeah, and great. and 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 the end, and the end had that sort of feel to it. Um, uh, I don't know if I want to spoil it for everyone. It's, it's an old movie, so I guess it's no, it's don't pretty, don't do it it's because safe. Well, I was going to say
0: the roll up and die purists should take a drink
2: because I've not seen it. <laughs> okay. Then then it's definitely worth a watch. It's it's it it's It is. good. It's good. Heath I, Ledger and and it's it's a lot of fun, yeah. And It has uh, one of the
1: best examples of a bard in it, I think ever. Uh absolutely. With Paul, Paul Bettany's
2: character oh. in that movie is so good. <laughs> All the characters are great and they have a female they blacksmith. Really I mean, you know, it's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, and,
1: and Alan Tudyk's in it too. I mean, yeah. it's just the yeah, cast yeah. is awesome. Alan Tudyk and Heath Ledger yeah. and uh, Rufus Sewell makes a really good bad yep. guy in it as well yep. so yeah definitely worth a watch alright awesome. well awesome I think that that is the this is the part where we start wrapping up because we just had yeah, the climax was... of the episode and so now this good. is the falling action
0: Bow-num. Bow-num. Bow-num.
1: Bow-num. excuse me did you order this pizza
0: out What you've just listened to has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2017. How official. The games, films, TV shows, and other stuff we talked about during this episode are the properties of their respective owners, so be sure to borrow nicely, okay? Any snippet, portion, clip, or other synonym for part of this show can absolutely be used in other media so long as credit is given to the Roll Up and Die podcast you can find all three of the primary hosts on youtube and other websites matt can be found at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice barker can be found at youtube.com slash be a better game master and both of their work can be found at www.absolutetabletop.com captain gothnog is also on youtube at youtube.com slash captain gothnog and his work can be found on drive Through rpg under critical hit publishing Be sure to keep track of us on iTunes at rollupanddie.podbean.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, everybody, and as always, happy gaming.